3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
4: Well, hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for everybody. coming with us. Monday afternoon show.
5: I had like a big buzz in my uh, the right part of my headset. Not that either one of you care. But had a big
4: buzz because you know why? The Rolling Stones are in town. That's, that's the big right. buzz.
5: Uh, parking lots opened at 3 mm-hmm. o'clock, so I assume that... A lot of things have been consumed since.
4: Well, they're distributing uh, vaccines. I know. You go well, to, uh... I l-
5: listen. If that's th- that, would be the best thing that someone could consume in the parking lot. <laughs> the big bus. Stones concert.
4: Okay, so I ask uh, our producer here uh, if she if someone had given you free tickets, would you show? Would you go to the Stones tonight? No. What? You guys? What is you wrong would... with you? She would say no. No, yeah. Christy's not. Yeah. Christy's twenty seven, so she's not. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even know the Stones really, mm-hmm. right? You wouldn't really go just either. for the spectacle, just maybe, to be part of maybe it. Maybe to say I was Come there, on, but like Kath. I'm
5: tired. I'm not, I've, I've never been into the stunts. Yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> that's all I got. Okay. I liked
6: What's
7: it. The with you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's me and Mick. So you'd go? I would love to go. Okay. I, I've never seen him. Not me neither. But I think it'd be a blast. Are you a fan? I'm a casual fan. Listen, I told you the story years ago. Uh, years ago, when I was in college, I lived above a married couple. I think his name was Jimmy, and uh, Jimmy he bragged me one time: nothing comes out of my speakers but the Stones music. And I was like, "Whoa, that's a, quite a commitment." Then Jimmy would go to work, and his <laughs> and wife a would silly be playing. One also, she'd be playing Captain and Danielle, right? Of course, out of the same set of speakers. She was trying
5: very hard to break out of his right. prison.
4: I mean, there are diehard fans.
5: Yeah, and I hope they're all there tonight. I hope it's really great.
4: Wonder what the attendance is going to be.
5: Uh, I don't think it's a sellout. It's a lot of people. And tickets are pretty cheap for a concert. They're they less are. than 50 bucks.
4: 50 bucks.
5: Less than 50. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't know I, how much less than 50 because I didn't look into it, but I heard that they were less than 50. It
4: would be fun to go. Just to be part okay. of the spectacle. That's all I'm saying. I mean,
5: if I didn't have to like get up early tomorrow, maybe, but it's the Monday night. No- I know. Geez. I'm just not a huge fan. What the heck? I mean, you- if you too was coming, yeah.
4: Yeah, right, right. Uh, anyway, such is life. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, Wait,
5: maybe a segment for later in the show should be: Who would you go see tonight instead? Like, who would you like to see tonight if instead of the stunts?
4: Right, right. Uh, that'd be okay. That'd be good. I'll tell you who's not going: Kodiak. Kodiak's not showing. I have
5: some details about Cody in this here stack of Duh. stuff.
4: I heard that news today. I was like, That's oh, great. Christy texted That's me. I was like, oh news. please, it's don't tell me everything. that.
5: Everything. It's like I was like, Fly. it's like a Hollywood. Picture that just ends perfectly. Yeah,
4: it's like James Cagney going to the big house. Get out of here! It it's not like that. Yes, Brooks was here once again. There's Kodiak. We've
5: all seen Shawshank. All right.
4: Anyway, uh, as we always do, we get underway with the uh, news stories for mm-hmm. the day. Kath, would you please, without further ado, give us the top four at four.
5: I love that sweet music. <laughs> for Monday, <London. laughs> October fourth. 2021. Number one. Yes. Francis Hagen is the anonymous former employee who filed complaints with federal law enforcement about Facebook. According to CBS News, the complaints say that Facebook's own research shows that it amplifies hate, misinformation, and political unrest, but the company hides what it knows. One complaint alleges that Facebook's Instagram harms teenage girls. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, based on the Wall Street Journal reports. Um, What makes Hoggins' complaints unprecedented is the trove, and I say trove, of private Facebook research she took when she quit in May, which is something like 10,000 pages. The documents appeared first last month in the Wall Street Journal, but last night she was interviewed on 60 Minutes by Scott Pelley. Interestingly enough, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp are all currently offline.
4: Right. Mm. However, I'd like to see the photo of what you had for breakfast.
5: What I had? Would you? Mm, yeah. I can just tell you Please about it. Please post it on Facebook. Facebook acknowledged the outages today but did not say why its websites and applications were down.
4: Really? Maybe they're like in some sort of mea culpa confession. That, well, that
5: would be nice. That would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Number two. Our friends, the Brits, those who live in Great Britain, I see. are feeling a deep sense of anxiety, apparently, about the supply shortages currently afflicting the nation and threatening disruptions to, of all things... Their Christmas dinner table. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, According to today's New York Times, shortages continue to bedevil the British economy as gas stations in London and in southeastern England report trouble getting fuel and the government began deploying military personnel to help ease the lack of drivers. Really? Supermarket consortiums say pressures from rising transport costs, labor shortages, and commodity costs are already pushing prices higher and will likely continue to do so. And no one wants to go work in slaughterhouses. Well, I, I mean, mean, who would want to go work
4: Even in, in the best of times.
5: The challenges in Britain are acute, with many industries facing a shortage of workers, in part because of the pandemic, but also, many business owners say, because of Brexit. The Chancellor of the Exquiture... That's a word I've never seen before, and I'm reading it in the New York Times. His name or her name is Rishi Sunak. Acknowledged on BBC Radio Today that there will be shortages at Christmas time. Hmm. He said the government was doing everything we can to mitigate the supply chain issues, but admitted there is quote no magic wand. So sad news for the Brits. This
4: Tiny Tim. God blesses everyone. Where's my present? <laughs>
5: Number three. Cody's back. Cody. Cody is back. The eagle has landed, and all is right with the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. The, lie, Cody. Oh,
8: get out of here. The
5: trip reports that national aviary officials became emotional today, John, as they detailed their exhaustive nine day effort to recapture at large the Stellar's Sea Eagle that escaped from the specialty bird zoo mm. down there on the north side. Kodiak, or Cody for short, took off through an opening, you'll remember, in his outdoor enclosure on the morning of September 25th. He stuck around the north side for a while, but then he ventured as far north as Pine Township, where he was captured last night. And have you seen the video? No. You haven't seen the video of him I'm being not. captured, have you seen? It? I watched it. Yeah, right before the listen, show. It's pretty epic, isn't yeah. it? Like that. What was, did they do? They well, shot something at him. No, they didn't shoot something. They what? threw something. They threw. They threw something to kind of it looked like distract him, maybe, and then they put a net up. It was really impressive. That's sad. Co- it's not. It's sad. listen. It's a wild ant. Be quiet. As it, the top it's four, me- four. It's Cody. Apparently did well on the lamb. His strong flight muscles allowed him to fly and soar. And aviary aviary officials said they saw evidence that he was eating and hydrating while he was away from his habitat. And they said he was calm as soon as he saw us.
4: Yeah, because he's like Isn't that sweet? He wasn't calm. Number four.
5: And a profoundly, profoundly depressing day in the National Football League yesterday. Mm. After their first drive, the Steelers looked putrid. Putrid, I tell you, on offense and defense and, of course, lost to the Packers at Lambeau Field. Later in the evening, big drama was found at Gillette Field where Tom Brady returned to New England for the first time since departing for greener pastures in Tampa. And I hardly knew myself because, like, ten minutes into the game, I realized I was rooting for the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) But what's a girl to do? Anyway, the ageless Tom Brady won again. That's your top four. four.
4: Well, it's made me question Kodiak. Mm -hmm. The idea of zoos. Oh, here we go. Because, look, I I mean, I've been to the zoo for a long time, Mm -hmm. and I do enjoy the zoo, seeing the animals. Right. But at the same time, I feel bad for the bird who experienced freedom for the first time of his life. Now, the bird will essentially... How
5: do you know the bird wasn't terrified and hated freedom? Well,
4: I don't know that. Mm -hmm. I would imagine, though, he probably was like, this is pretty cool. I'm experiencing freedom here. I'm taking care of myself. He's a
5: bird. I don't think he knows what freedom is. I is think he, also, he knew he was out he, of his is cage. Is he also interested in liberty?
4: I think he knew how to get out of his cage. That he's like, let's get out of here. Let's let's escape this little pit of despair.
5: I don't know if he wanted to escape. He's like, well, I could fly more if I got out there. What do
4: you mean? He saw an opening and he took advantage of it. So that was uh, listen. Clearly... a lot
5: of us have longed for things that ended up being bad for us.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I just feel bad. I. I Free things should be free. And I think Kodiak should be free.
5: Well, I think you're wrong. Well, I think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, so listen. So apparently one of the aviary employees who regularly feeds Cody yep. went up to the tree where he was hanging out in Pine Township mm-hmm. and made eye contact with him. Mm-hmm. And she said that she that helped him to stay calm because he knew her. Mm-hmm. right? And then team members, including a trained falconer, used a soft net to catch the bird, and then he was placed in one of his normal travel carriers. Now, how the heck big a carrier is it for him to get? I mean, he's like three and a half feet tall. Yeah. Anyway, they said Cody seemed rather unperturbed by the whole situation and is resting comfortably behind the scenes. John, Mm -hmm. resting comfortably. You know why? Because he's glad he's home.
4: He probably wants some therapy. (laughs) Seriously. He'd like to be on the couch. Why am I back here? What is that all about? I was enjoying the fall foliage and the crisp autumn air.
5: Okay. How about the guy, we haven't talked about him, the guy on Twitter who's been tweeting as Cody? <laughs>
4: it's a great account. Isn't he excellent? It's excellent. He's so excellent. Of
5: course, no one knows who he is. He's some mysterious person.
4: Speaking as the voice of Cody. Yes, yeah,
5: speaking as the voice of Cody. Funny stuff. Yes, he's, he's really excellent. Anyway, we can perhaps talk a little bit more about that as right. the program develops today, mm-hmm.
4: John. As we disagree. We'll take a quick break.
5: Why wouldn't he want to get back with the people who've loved him? Because he liked to fly
4: into the sky where he was made to to prosper.
5: If he would have been born there, yeah, but he wasn't.
4: White House is next. Greg Clarkson, stay
1: with us.
8: 101.5 W O R D.
1: Do you love to cook or have a favorite recipe that's a winner? Then you need to enter your favorite recipe, sweepstakes, to submit that delicious recipe. The winning submission will receive a year's worth of meats from good ranchers,
3: a $1,400 value, and a
1: $1,000 Williams-Sonoma shopping spree. Increase your chances of winning by entering once per day and completing bonus entry options. So start cooking.
8: Enter
2: today at wordfm.com slash contests.
9: Are you the type of person that values hand-built quality? Do you shop with local businesses because you know your purchase supports your neighbor's? Or maybe you research before making a purchase because you know better than to trust the marketing hype. If any of this sounds familiar, you just might be an Original Mattress Factory customer. At OMF, we value our amazing customers and work hard to exceed their expectations every day. Visit an OMF store near you or OriginalMattress.com to learn more.
10: When it comes to our business, I've got a couple pet peeves. One is how difficult it is to keep the paper towel dispensers full in our bathrooms. Impossible. My second pet peeve is the number of solicitors we get asking us to advertise. TV, billboards, social media, newspaper, little papers, big mailers, mini mailers. A forever nightmare. It's Ryan. And a bunch of years back, our Faith and Family Mortgage Team made a decision to only advertise on Christian radio. Our faith is a big deal to us. And so we figured it was a good place to start. And we haven't changed since. And here's the point. We're all in here on Word FM. We chose this station for a reason. We love this station. And if you choose to call, I think you'll find a team on the other end that wants to serve you specifically. Now, if I can just figure out the paper towel thing.
7: We are United United Faith Faith Mortgage.
1: United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. To be or not to be. If that's your pest question, get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Booze respects bees until they become a stinging problem for homeowners. Boo and his Bugstoppers team can safely remove wasps, hornets, carpenter, and ground bees with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Get a free quote today. When it comes to getting the buzz on bees, who are you going to call? Booze Bugstoppers at boozebugstoppers.com
11: Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC.
4: SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. Every Monday, we visit Greg where he is at the White House and brings us up to date on goings on in the nation's capital and around the
11: nation. Greg, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. Hey, doing great, John. Kathy, great to be here as always.
5: Good, thank you. All right, Greg. So, like, the president's in a little bit of a pickle, and I think this one's probably of his own making. I think he had all the votes for the infrastructure bill right months ago, and then he linked it to the social spending, and now he's got neither one. So, uh, what's going on? How is this? How are the? How's the Democrat Party going to approach this?
11: Yeah, well, you you summed it up right because these two bills are linked together. And, of course, uh, moderates and centrists, they were promised by House leader Nancy Pelosi that there would be a vote in September. And that was a vote promised uh, a week ago today. And then it got delayed till Thursday, then Friday, and it it hasn't happened. Now they're looking at October 31st. So the the moderates uh, in the party who aren't as far left as, as, as some in the Democratic Party they're they're not happy they're they're upset about this because they feel like there was a a broken promise there on the flip side you do have you have the liberals and it seems as if the president has given a nod to the liberals on this because he went up to capitol hill last friday to meet with house lawmakers uh democrats on the house side and he essentially gave you know his approval for for linking these two so He he wants both bills. I mean, the White House has made that clear. He wants both, even if it means delaying. And so he essentially said, look, if it's if it takes six days, if it takes six weeks, we're going to get it done. So he's he's emphasizing at least uh, patience in this publicly, but privately Um, And even even leaking out somewhat publicly, it is frustrating for the for the White House on this. And, of course, Republicans are sitting back and letting the Democrats just uh, be in disarray without having to do anything.
4: Right. So in some ways, uh, if you're a conservative, this does not bode well, only because you look at the far, far extreme left and think, oh, they've got a a nice cozy home there. The president is uh, sort of acquiescing and nodding to their wants and needs.
11: Well, it, yes, that's true because um, they they seem to be lined up eye to eye on on a lot of uh, a lot of provisions in that huge three point five trillion dollar package. But John, here's the rub when it comes to liberals they're they're not going to get anywhere near the three and a half trillion dollars now uh, that uh, that they and the president wanted because you've got other members of the party and you've got a couple of key senators joe manchin and kirsten cinema who are both um, objecting to the size and the scope of the package and so now uh, even though the white house isn't talking numbers publicly it's being reported that they're they're evaluating how to reduce the size from three and a half trillion down to about two trillion which is still a massive massive legislative package Right. But think about it. They they have to be cutting out almost as much as they would keep in. And so that is the real struggle now for the Democrats here during the month of October. I see.
4: So, Greg, I'm glad you brought up uh, Joe Manchin, because apparently he's interested in a pro-life Hyde Amendment included in this package. Tell us that story, please.
11: Yeah, he told the National Review um, last week that if the Hyde amendment is not included in the president's and the house democrats legislative package on the social spending then the bill in his words is dead on arrival meaning he's he's not going to vote for it and obviously even if it passed the house it has to go over to the senate democrats only have 50 democrats and so there's there's not much wiggle room there <laughs> and so he's basically saying he, he would tank it if uh, mm-hmm. if it doesn't have the Hyde amendment which bars you know uh, government money uh, funding of abortions now it's interesting because for most of his career as a member of congress joe biden supported the hyde amendment as did a lot of democrats but that has changed over the years and during the presidential campaign last year joe biden announced that he was changing his mind on the hyde amendment and he no longer supported it and so the white house was asked about this today And uh, they said we are not going to negotiate publicly about the Hyde Amendment. However, the president's uh, position on that has not changed since he announced that he's against it. So they seem to be on a little bit of a collision course when it comes to that abortion issue.
5: I cannot imagine how much Joe Manchin is disliked by the Democrat Party at this point.
11: Well, well, it's interesting because, you know, Biden keeps getting asked about this um, when he's he's with reporters and he'll say, hey, this is just the legislative process. This is the way it goes. But you've got to you, you've got to think that, if you know, if you are the president, if you're working in, in the Biden White House, you're thinking, OK, we got Democrats controlling the House and Senate. Yes, it's a 50 50 tie in the Senate. We got the tiebreaker vote with the vice president. And yes, it's a very slim margin in the House by just three or four votes is is really the margin of error there. But Democrats do have the control of the House, the White House and the Senate. And they still are, uh, you know, it's all getting mucked up here in terms of, you know, trying to find, uh, you know, trying to find that common ground. Now, Biden was asked about this earlier today, saying, how can you can't get the Democrats in your party, you know, lined up? And his answer was and. It, you know, he's got a fair point. He says, I've got about ninety eight percent of of the Democrats on board. And uh, he didn't name Mansion and Cinema, but he was clearly pointing out that they are standing in the way of his plans going forward.
5: All right, Greg Clugston, with us, S. R. N. News, White House correspondent. All right, so not only are we talking about an infrastructure bill, the social spending bill, but then we've got the default debt thing that is kind of looming over the country. Uh, I think for most Americans, they don't even understand what that means, Um, but uh, it's it's a thing of of abject importance to each one of us. So talk about where we are with that and what's going to happen because that's within a month, right? That that's going to expire.
11: Yeah, a couple of weeks, in fact. Yeah the, uh, the the Federal Reserve. Chairwoman Janet Yellen said that um, I'm, I'm sorry. The Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that uh, about October 18 is when the federal government will run out of money in, uh, to pay the debts uh, that the United States owes. You know, the loans that we've taken out over the years. It's our, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars of of debt that we owe, and so. Uh, this is a provision uh, in Congress that lawmakers have to approve an increase in our borrowing capability to pay our debts. And so the White House is saying, look, this, isn't, uh, this does not cover new spending. This covers spending that has already happened and that we're paying you know, interest on and all the rest. Uh, but Republicans led by Mitch McConnell in the Senate, they're saying – we are going to let Democrats raise the debt ceiling because they're in charge of the White House and the House and the Senate. Um, and so essentially uh, McConnell's making it difficult uh, on, on the Democrats for doing this. And so that's that's where we stand. But but here's what happens if for some reason um, and it's never happened before in the history of the United States. We've never uh, you know, we've never gone into default as a, as a national government. Um, there, there could be some real big shockwaves economically. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's not it's not a false alarm that the White House is putting out there. We have to deal with this occasionally, and uh, it's it's become a political uh, football, to be honest.
4: Boy, what if we ran our household budgets like the I government know. handles theirs? I mean, that's <laughs> they just kind of let's just run a it, check.
5: And it used to be that we had a, we had you know two parties that differed on spending, but now it seems like both parties are exactly the same, right. and everybody it's just spends train. whatever they want. Right.
4: Greg, uh, let's move forward and talk about this, this is an important day because um, the Supreme Court is starting a brand new term. And I think it's really uh, hotly anticipated the rulings that will come down soon in these next couple of months.
11: Yeah, the docket of cases uh, for this fall term is uh, stacking up as, as very, consequence, a very consequential uh, abortion Uh, is obviously always a hot-button issue. And the Mississippi case that the justices have agreed to take up, and it won't be till uh, the 1st of November, I think, uh, 1st of December before that comes up, but it is a direct, um, uh, it it is a case that would be directly opposite of, of the Roe v. Wade decision that back in 1973 legalized abortion. So it is, um, it is a direct confrontation of, of existing law when it comes to abortion. So that's that's a very major case. There are also uh, religious rights cases, gun rights cases, civil rights issues cases. Uh, it is chock full of a lot of, of, of major cultural issues, in particular, mm-hmm. uh, that are concerned to conservatives and liberals alike on this. And of course, it is a conservative leaning court now. And so uh, when you have some of these other issues come up, like abortion, which have come up you know, on occasion, you've got a different makeup of justices now, and so there could be some, some different outcomes when mm. it comes to these issues. And today's court session was back in the courtroom for oral arguments. The First time in a year and a half that the justices have been hearing them. They've been doing uh, these oral arguments over the telephone remotely because of the pandemic.
5: That is really great news. Isn't it interesting, Greg, you know, reading the Washington Post and the New York Times like we do every day. Boy, they are hard on the Supreme Court. I mean, it's like a daily barrage of complaints about the court. And, you know, that wasn't the case when it was dominated by liberals. And, of course, we know that that's the way that the papers lean. It's just kind of interesting to see, like, the amount of stories that are on the front page today.
11: You know, you're right, Kathy. And there's been some pushback uh, in recent weeks uh, by some of the conservative justices. You had Clarence Thomas, you had Brett Kavanaugh giving some speeches recently uh, before the start of the new term today. And they were pushing back this uh, against that criticism and, um, and, and really decrying sort of the political posturing that either these newspapers or other critics are taking in terms of their evaluation of the court. And uh, they they, the justices were arguing, the conservative justices were arguing that, yes, there may be a different makeup of justices on the court right now, but uh, they were saying that the process of how they go about their deliberations and, and, and the caseloads and all the rest, that hasn't really changed. Interesting.
4: Well, Greg, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate you stopping by and bringing us up to date on the important uh, events that are happening in the nation's capital and around uh, the country.
5: Yeah, but before you leave us, we need to ask you an important question. Oh, yeah, here it goes. Yeah, because we've got to – I know this is your favorite part of our time together. Is that right, Greg? Well, it's (laughs) (laughs) – It is. It's a little little unhinged. That's why we like it. Um, Our our news story coming up next is about a uh, purported clown shortage that is happening in uh, Northern Ireland. Yeah. Uh, People in that part of the world very concerned that they cannot find Enough and, clowns. Enough clowns. And you're in D.C. Right, <laughs> where there appear to be a lot of them. No, I'm wondering if a clown shortage would Im- <laughs> would would you don't have to answer that would impact you in any way. Are you are you a clown fan? Were you like a, a kid who enjoyed the circus, or
4: are you like look at Stephen King it and go that's
11: yeah, get away from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, this is news to me, so thank you for uh, for that's being why, so informative. That's why we're well, here. We're right?
4: happy to you know try. You give us some stuff. We're happy to give you back. You
11: know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a give and take relationship. Thank you. I you know, I, I knew about the truck shortage in, in in the UK. I did not know about the clown shortage.
12: Breaking in the island. So um yep. mm-hmm. uh,
11: the short answer is uh no, my life would not be uh, uh, uh dramatically affected by that. Fan. All right, yeah. well, the, the no. next
4: time you want yourself a balloon animal, uh you just keep on moving, sir. <laughs>
11: <laughs> fair enough fair enough
5: right. that's greg glugston srn news white house correspondent
4: we'll take a quick break come back uh the what, clown shortage
5: yeah what, what is going on there
4: uh, we'll find is out is it next. brexit <laughs>
5: that's what they're saying about the truck shortage oh, do you
4: think people now? are so freaked out by clowns we never like- miss them <laughs>
3: Whether it's offering curbside or next-day delivery for online orders on over 160,000 parts or getting involved in their local communities, when it comes to serving you, Napa's Motor never quits. That's Napa know-how.
8: I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years.
0: I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea.
8: At first, I thought it was what I was eating.
0: I kept thinking it was stomach issues.
8: So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually
0: EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food.
8: It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools.
0: And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease.
8: So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening.
0: But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with
4: your doctor to ask, Could
1: could I I have have
4: EPI? EPI? sponsored by abby It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry. Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That is WindowsRUsPittsburgh dot com.
6: With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for prime time that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcasts, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770.
8: Listen on your smart speaker at WordFM.com, the WordFM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
13: We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. It will be mild. Expect a low tonight of 60. Mostly cloudy for tomorrow. It will be warm with a passing shower. Tomorrow will reach a high of 76. Variable clouds for Wednesday with a shower. It'll be warm with fog in the morning. Wednesday will reach a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
4: Well, it may seem like the uh, COVID has revealed many clowns in our lives. However, Northern Ireland circuses are actually experiencing a shortage of clowns. And apparently it's no laughing matter. David Duffy
5: Oh or, related to former producer Mike Duffy
4: right co-owner of Duffy's circus in Northern Ireland.
5: Maybe that's what Duffy left to do right He left here so he could go run the circus in Northern Ireland
4: or to be a clown Either his contribution one. here on the right home mm-hmm. uh, David Duffy told the BBC that the, his business is in quote dire need of clowns because many performers in his circus returned to their home countries after the initial lockdown. So immigrant <gasps> clowns. Okay, That's, so
5: so they went home, mm-hmm. they're clowning at home, or maybe they're not clowning. I don't know. And now there's no one left in Northern Ireland exactly. to, care, to make the balloon animals. Yes,
4: and so the circus is now appealing to local recruits to try on the big red nose. Quote, because all the circuses in Europe and in England have been up and operational for the past six months, the huge pool of EU artists are already back at work. We are trying to reach out for any of our folks at home who feel that they can give clowning a good go. Mm-hmm.
5: I okay. So, would you give you 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 no, spent no. decades being an actor? No, you're you're not going to give clowning Never. any okay. No, wow, the, you seem very certain
4: of it. I would not be. I I knew um, a, a friend of mine. Her dad was a clown, and uh, he was like a. Okay, I'll say this with a grain of salt. He was a famous clown, and so when the phone rang. Like the family home, you know, in the old days, whenever just there was one family phone, mm-hmm. he would not come to the phone if it was for him unless they called by the clown's name. I forget his name. It was like, you know, Bafo. Is Bafo there? May I speak to Bafo? And when Bafo passed away, he was buried no, he wasn't. in his clown no, he wasn't. face no, regalia he wasn't. as said clown. That seems like a lot that's a commitment. And that's what you know, you you, you gotta someone when someone's you said commitment. like a
5: famous clown, like
4: Who's the famous clown? Ronald Bozo. McDonald.
5: Those are the only two I can think of. That's about it. I mean it's, it's I, short you know shelf what life. you know what it is, and I say this with respect to all of you people who are clowns from Don't my like from from my perspective and in because of perhaps all the psychological difficulties I've encountered in my life, it creeps me
4: out. Well, I think that's pretty common, right? The okay. clowns, you either love a clown yeah. or you're it like is, totally freaked
5: by yeah, a clown. And you?
4: <laughs> Can I say I'm indifferent? I mean, have you ever, I mean, no. Have you ever met like a really, hey, that's a great clown. I no, just, because I'm freaked
5: out every single time. My parents had a painting a in clown? their house. They
4: had a clown painting? A
5: sad clown painting.
4: Oh, why would they have that? Just the you're...
5: face, sad hat, sad eyes. It lived in the hallway right outside the powder room for like the first 12 years of my life.
4: Well no wonder you're little. Until
5: Dad. I was old enough to be able to say, "Mom, Dad, what are we what are we doing here with the clown painting?" And and then they removed it.
4: The answer was what? Whose whose idea that
5: that they thought it was artistic. Mm-hmm. And lovely. I think it's I,
4: ironic you became a, you know, interior designer.
5: because I was trying to make sure no one held to live with this clown painting. May I
4: suggest a clown painting in the hallway,
5: please? May I suggest never having a clown painting.
4: I mean, Clowns, they serve a purpose because they can be funny. We're not anti-clown.
5: I'm not trying to be anti-clown. Well, you are. I'm just trying to be honest about who I am.
8: 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding.
2: Does God give us rights in our Christian walk?
3: But in the book of Romans, there is no bill of rights. Rights are for people who think they own something. We own nothing uh, but judgment. But thank God, by the grace of God and by the gifts of grace... We are what we are. Amen.
2: Join us for Adrian Rogers' series, Foundations for Our Faith, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD.
3: If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation.
13: Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433.
7: Optima Tax Relief.
1: Some restrictions
13: apply. For complete details, please visit
1: OptimaTaxRelief.com. Don't let bees buzz off your customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. Maureen saved big, shopping Epic Daily deals at amazon so now she's free to become maureen the Marrier. and with her brand new tableware everyone's welcome at maureen's table all of her family friends even her neighbor with the pet hey has anyone seen a ferret around here found it dig into amazon's epic daily deals spend less smile more Word FM presents our 15th annual Pastor Appreciation Luncheon, 12 p.m. Tuesday, October 19th at the Doubletree by Hilton in Greentree. A free event open to all senior and associate pastors and their spouses. Come experience a day of gratitude, fellowship, and encouragement. Tuesday, October 19th, featuring keynote speaker Pastor Jack Graham, host of PowerPoint, heard daily on this station. Doors open at 1030 a.m. Reservations are required. To attend, reserve your free tickets now at wordfm.com slash pastors.
4: Boom. It was a big bombshell last night on 60 Minutes. Was yeah. there not?
5: It started. Uh, the Wall Street Journal did... And I, I tend to favor reading as opposed to watching just because I remember things better that sure. I read. So I, I have more in my head. The the uh, reporting from the Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago. on uh, They did a Monday through Friday series on Facebook. And it was really... A lot of it was not surprising. It was not surprising that Facebook induces hatred between people and you know amplifies division and all those sorts of things. I think what I was mostly surprised at, though, is the uh, the data that Facebook had on young women and how poorly they respond to Instagram, especially when it comes to body image mm-hmm. issues right, right. and how 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 deeply Facebook already understands that and is basically unrepentant for right, it. Right,
4: because they want more clicks, which equals more money. The weird thing is, though, it's weird that uh, Facebook and Instagram were were down today. They're still down. For extended. I mean, how many mm-hmm. hours is that going to be? I think it started on? around noon. So is that a response to what happened yesterday? nobody knows. Dr. Carl Truman is back with us. Dr. Uh, Truman joins us from the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. His latest book is called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. Carl, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing well. Yourself? Very good. We can't complain at all. We're happy that you're here. It's a very timely uh, segment that you're with us.
14: It is indeed, I guess. Yes, yes. A lot of strange things going on at the moment. Yes. Yes.
5: All right. So talk to us first off about the news from Facebook. I don't know if you saw the 60 Minutes piece last night or read the uh, series in the Wall Street Journal, but what are your thoughts about social media in this regard?
14: I think social media is, is in some ways the great unknown quantity as we move into the future at the moment, because it's very clear that it has a profound impact, particularly upon the way young people and particularly on the way, I think, young women think about themselves. Uh, Abigail Schreier's book, uh, Irreversible Damage, on the the trans movement among young teenage and 20-something girls makes it very clear that a lot of that is being driven by images and narratives being presented uh, via social media. So I think we're at an interesting point in... uh, in our lives uh, and in the culture's history, where we don't know where this is going, but we know it's going to be profound in its impact.
4: Yes, now, I wonder, as I'm watching uh, last night on 60 Minutes and reading it as well, that... It, it, I, I, I can't say that it would be a passing fad, but you know, most young people have nothing to do with Facebook. You know, they find other platforms like Instagram or TikTok and whatnot. So, um, you know, I just imagine social media, as it may, will morph and change as generations morph and change as well. What do you think, Carl?
14: Yes, I couldn't agree more. I I, I don't do any social media myself, so I'm pretty clueless about what's actually going on out there. Day You're better to day. off. Um, i hope so but i think that's, that that is almost certainly a correct observation that these things come and go in terms of trends so who knows where it's going to going to develop i i find the whole idea of the notion of a uh, of a tiktok or youtube influencer to be inherently ridiculous I do too. but clearly it's a real thing and these people have tremendous uh, impact and that would not have been predicted five years ago. So there's a sense in which trying to predict how this is going to go and what's going to be in and what's going to be out is, is something of a fool's errand.
8: Mm-hmm.
5: It's interesting too, Carl. And I'm I'm talking about some I'm talking as someone who uses social media to someone who doesn't use social media. So it's like I'm 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 like the prisoner talking to the person who's outside. The bar is free, but um, but one thing I've noticed about you know, being on Facebook for a long time is that when something happens in life and you don't post about it, you almost feel like it didn't happen. Mm. Now that seems crazy. And you think, wow, Kathy's off the deep end, but that's actually, that's just truthfully how I feel about things. It's kind of like you chart, you tend to chart your life's developments based on what you've posted online. I don't think I'm unique in that, John, you think?
4: Well, it's interesting so if Carl is totally absent from social media, he shares none of those thoughts or sentiments. Now, I just went away by, you know, to the beach and I was not connected on social media. It was a freeing thing for me, mm-hmm. as though I wasn't being held captive to groupthink or, the, you know, yeah. myself, you know, looking for whatever it is. Carl, what about that? The idea of people feeling connected to something that's so deeply intimate, and it really just exists ethereally, right, in our own minds.
14: Yeah, I, I, again, I think that's, that's a very true observation. I suspect what's going on is all human beings operate on a level where we like to be recognized by others. We like other people to acknowledge that we have value. For somebody like me who's not on social media, that's the people I actually physically interact with typically on a day-to-day basis it's my wife it's occasionally my kids they've left home now and it's my students i think if you're living online if if the the gravity the center of gravity of your life is online that in order for something to be validated in order for you to feel valued then you need that online response so, yes, I think you're, you're, you're observing something that's, that's certainly true there. This, I think, is why there's a whole problem with anxiety uh, among young people. When, when I was a kid, I didn't know what people thought about me. I had a group of friends. I knew what they thought about me. The pool from which I needed recognition was a relatively small one. Now it is potentially infinite, and it's very, very public. Mm -hmm. Anything said about you is there for everybody to see. And if that's where the gravitational center of your identity is, then for sure, unless it's out there, it's, it's not going to seem real to you.
4: Right. Boy, that, that's so dangerous. I'm sure that has scarred a lot of people in their early development. Which I is
5: mean, why the whole Facebook thing on 60 Minutes was such a big deal. Right.
4: What about, Carl, so there you are at Grove City College. You're surrounded by people, young people especially, who profess uh, belief in Jesus Christ. How do you think that affects believers? I mean, is there any delineation, or is it just all the same ball of wax?
14: Yeah, I think for Christians, it poses particular challenges. And one of the things I try to emphasize to, to students in class is, you know, we are bodies. The tendency today is to, to make us think that our bodies are appendages to us. They're instruments that we use. And I say, no, we are actually our bodies. And that's why the resurrection is very important to the doctrine. It's, it's not enough to have our sins forgiven. It's not over until we're resurrected, because... That's you. You're a body. And you're going to be resurrected. I think the tendency on social media is, of course, away from embodiment and towards this sort of disembodied performance. And I think that that is not a neutral thing for Christians. Anything that downplays the importance of the physical body and a physical presence, that's not a neutral thing for Christians. And we need to be very careful about how. The way we imagine the world is being tilted in a disembodied kind of direction.
4: That's interesting. So in some ways, I mean, I I get exactly what you're saying about the disembodiment of it all. But at the same time, when you look at social media or just, you know, the Internet itself, it's a wash in bodies, right? The pornification of America and those who engage in it. I mean, that essentially has changed the
2: culture as well.
14: It has, but it's bodies of a certain kind. It's unreal sort of bodies, if I could put it that way. There's a big difference between watching pornography on a screen and actually having sexual relationship with somebody. There's a big difference between debating somebody via Twitter and actually sitting in the same room, looking them in the eye, and engaging in discussion. What happens on screen is we tend to forget that the people we're dealing with, the people we're looking at, they're actually real persons with real history, etc., etc. We tend to treat them simply as objects or ideas. And one of the ways this manifests itself, I think, is you know, typically if you're in a room discussing a controversial subject with friends, the temperature will lower because you're bodily there with them. And there are all these kind of subliminal bodily tells that, that help to lower the temperature. If you're just firing off things on Twitter, there's no body there. There's no face to look at. There's no eye to make contact with. And that, I think, takes away some of the, what I would you know, call, temperature controls in the discussions we have and, and feeds into the, the increasing polarization and anger that characterize uh, discourse in the modern
15: West.
5: Carl Truman is with us. He is the author of The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Carl, uh, before you leave us, I want to ask about your, you, know, your, you being outside social media. But you teaching students who are completely immersed in social media. Um, wh- what are your conversations about social media like with them? Uh, is there because they're a, a whole gen, you know, generation removed from where John and I are, where they haven't really known much of life without it. Um, so,
14: well, so what's what's that like? Well, a couple of things. I mean, some of the some of the conversations are sort of. There's a lot of incomprehension on both sides. When a student will say to me. Do you know what so-and-so said about you on social media? But the fact that I really don't care one way or the other sort of perplexes them, I think, because it would mean an awful lot to them. But it's not real uh, to me. I think what I try to do when I talk to them is, is to make them realize that you know, social media can be, can be fun, it can be entertaining, but the really important things in life are generally what I would describe as, as embodied experiences. Uh, you don't fall in love with an emoji, you fall in love with the person. It's seeing that person, it's being in the presence of that person. What I try to do in my classes is, is accent how the most important things in life, love, etc., etc., are generally embodied things. And you sell yourself short if you conceptualize them purely in terms of what's going on online.
4: That's good. Well, Carl, thanks. I mean, you're always a great fodder for thought. We really appreciate your your engagement here, especially in something that's so important to a lot of people. So thanks for your presence.
14: Thanks for having me back on. Always a great pleasure.
5: That's Dr. Carl Truman. Again, the title of the book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self.
4: Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College. Take a quick break. Come back. You know, along that same vein, do you know that Americans check their smartphones 96 times or more a day? Oh, my gosh. Bye.
7: And then I found
2: Trinity. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
7: I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. I mean, in a matter of three years, we've already paid down $20,000 in credit card debt, which is huge.
2: Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496.
10: I think it's fascinating how resilient French fries are. I hadn't cleaned out my poor car in years, and so I decided to do it from the trunk to under the seats. I found five different types of balls, enough junk to challenge Mary Poppins' magical bag, and a good start at a French fry museum. It's Ryan, and if you tried to turn all the stuff hidden in my car into cash, you'd undoubtedly owe money. But luckily for most of us, it's quite the opposite when it comes to looking inside our homes. Home values have gone fly a kite high for many, meaning if you look under those seats, there's a good chance you could pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in your home to use for whatever you wanted. And with current mortgage rates being where they are, oftentimes you can lower the years on the overall loan or lower your monthly payment at the same time you're doing a cash out refinance. If you're curious about your options, we united faith mortgage
6: we pay your appraisal fees up to five hundred dollars
1: united mortgage Corp, melville new york mls number 1330 department of
10: banking mortgage lender license number 22672 hi we're katie and ryland weber the founders of convive coffee
16: for more than five years the heart of convive has been to serve our community by sharing life and great coffee together
10: Sourcing beans from around the world, Convive Coffee samples and roasts right here in Pittsburgh.
16: Come visit your local Convive Cafe at Adam's Shops in Mars, McCandless Crossing, and Butler Street in Lawrenceville. We hope to see you soon at Convive Coffee.
2: Danny Gokey is bringing the Stand in Faith tour to your city with special guest Colton Dixon. Don't miss out on this fun night.
16: I was standing-
2: Join Danny Gokey in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Bible Chapel on Friday, October 22nd. That's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on October 22nd. Tickets are on sale now and going fast. So don't wait. Get more information at transparentproductions.com.
4: Okay, I admit that I, I do check my phone an awful lot. I had no idea it was... Ninety-six times or more a day. I, I, I find that hard to believe. Although I don't
5: find that hard to believe at all.
4: Ninety-six. Wait. So the word is that on average, most Americans check their cell phones ninety-six times a day. That's what, that's all you. Mu- that's all there's time for. Then,
5: listen. I, mean, I, you, I bet you check your phone. I bet combined, you and I check our phones in the hour before the show. I bet we do it 40 times, just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wait,
4: wait what, what about Christy? Nope. You, do you,
5: I don't know, because she's in her office. I can't right. speak to Christy. She's on I Facebook. mean, I check it a lot. Do you think it's
4: 96 times a day?
5: Probably. Yeah, yeah, do. New research shows the U.S. is deep into the digital age with data showing Americans indeed check their phones 96 times a day. That's once every Sick. 10 minutes, according to global tech care company Asurion. Now, this is a report from Fox News. The company also said, this is a sad part, Not that that wasn't sad enough.
4: That's very sad.
5: It's a 20% increase from a similar survey researchers conducted two years ago. Now, at the same time this is going on, researchers have also discovered that roughly half of Americans are attempting to use their phone less.
4: Half of Americans? So
5: they see that it's a problem. We see that it's a problem. And they're attempting to use it less. Now, the company's data showed that 18 to 24-year-olds check their phones twice as much as the national average. Okay? So that means that what? So their average is almost… 190
4: plus times? Mm -hmm.
5: 200 times a day. Other key findings from the survey include that staying connected with family and friends is the number one reason people use their phones. Come on. Texting is now common among all age groups with baby boomers being seven times more likely to text than talk in person and twice as likely to send a text rather than dial a phone number. Now, taking all that into account and hearing all of that, also hear that nearly half of Americans say their smartphones actually help them achieve more work-life balance,
4: not less. How how does it help you achieve work-life balance?
5: Well, it doesn't say.
4: I don't buy that. I, I think it it puts you in a prison, right? And the phone is always there. Yes.
6: My daily average of picking up my phone is 116 times. Oh. It tells you.
4: It tells you where?
6: In it, settings.
4: Oh, jeez. Oh, I didn't want to know that.
5: No, we're going to know. Mm-hmm. We're in settings, Christy. Screen time. Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> Turn on. Oh, mine's not on.
4: Screen time's not on.
5: Yeah, my haven't turned it on. Oh, maybe yours won't track screen time and then see all activity. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so. I don't have my. Okay, I'm turning it on. I've turned it on. Okay, my daily average right now is zero minutes because I didn't have it turned on until right now. So this is what is this is going to <laughs> this is going to doom me mm-hmm. because I'm I'm going to look at this number in seven days and I'm going to be filled with self loathing. One hundred sixteen. That's where you are, Christy. Says one hundred
6: sixteen daily average. Uh huh.
5: Now I did get you know the um, it's a Microsoft app which I am not even sure how I signed up for this, but it, it logs <laughs> yeah, a you, it logs who you communicate with most and how. What anyway? I got a warning this morning on it saying that I had been working two times in the last seven days past two in the morning. Mm. See, that's bad. And that I was infringing. On my recharge time,
4: my daily average is up twenty five percent from last week. Is it really? That's what it tells me. Heaven help us! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
5: I don't know either. But truth hurts. Yeah. Coming up in the five o'clock hour. Does this make sense?
4: Does it make sense? This the screen time doesn't make any sense. We've lost our minds. I'm leading the parade apparently, and we're shortage of clowns. All that and more. <laughs> It's the right home.
8: Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, In and on Odyssey, 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
0: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden downplaying the public harassment of two Senate Democrats who are blocking his agenda.
3: Over the weekend, activists disrupted a lecture Senator Kirsten Cinema was giving at Arizona State
11: University and followed her into a bathroom. Protesters also
3: showed up at Senator
11: Joe Manchin's home in Washington, D.C. President Biden was asked about those confrontations.
3: I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody. Both senators have said they won't back a $3.5 trillion spending bill.
0: What else, correspondent Greg Cluxton? Crews on the water and on shore working feverishly to limit environmental damage from one of the largest oil spills in recent California history. An underwater Southern California pipeline started leaking oil late Saturday or early Saturday. Uh, Huntington Beach Mayor Kim Carr says... The city's beaches here could remain closed for weeks or
1: even months. This is SRN News. As the challenges of the pandemic continue, families living in poverty are facing fears. They're afraid of hunger. They're afraid of eviction. But they're not afraid of hard work. When even two jobs aren't enough, they find a way to keep going for their families but when you give to the Salvation Army Western PA Division, you help their hopes outpace their fears. Your donation to the Salvation Army Western PA Division's Red Kettle Campaign helps local, hardworking families fend off homelessness. And remember, there are so many ways to give this year. Visit SalvationArmyWPA.org HopeMarchesOn and donate online. Donate digitally with Apple Pay or Google Pay at a physical Red Kettle. Ask Amazon Alexa to donate by saying, Alexa, donate to the Salvation Army. Give any amount by text in kennels to 51555 or give spare change in cash at a physical red kettle at your local retailer. Keep Hope Marching On for families in your neighborhood. Give today at salvationarmywpa.org/hopemarcheson. All donations remain in the local community.
10: If
2: you're in the market for metal roofing, siding and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages, included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffitt forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit kaufmanmetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop
1: in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. To be or not to be? If that's your pest question, get the help you need at boozbugstoppers.com. Booze respects bees until they become a stinging problem for homeowners. Boo and his Bugstoppers team can safely remove wasps, hornets, carpenter, and ground bees with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Get a free quote today. When it comes to getting the buzz on bees, who are you going to call? Booze Bugstoppers at boozbugstoppers.com. Pastor, reserve your free tickets now for the 15th annual Word FM Pastor Appreciation Luncheon, 12 p.m. Tuesday, October 19th at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. Senior and associate pastors and their spouses are invited to experience this day of gratitude, fellowship, and encouragement. Tuesday, October 19th, featuring keynote speaker Pastor Jack Graham, host of PowerPoint, heard daily on this station. Doors open at 1030 a.m. Reservations are required. Your free tickets are available now at wordfm.com pastors.
13: We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. It will be mild. Expect a low tonight of 60. Mostly cloudy for tomorrow. It will be warm with a passing shower. Tomorrow will reach a high of 76. Variable clouds for Wednesday with a shower. It will be warm with fog in the morning. Wednesday will reach a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Early on in my uh, dating experience
4: with my wife.
5: Well, that that is an exciting beginner to the 5 o'clock hour.
4: I discovered that she, Rhonda June, is a Trekkie. And I was like, what? You're a Trekkie?
5: You didn't know any Trekkies.
4: I did not know any Trekkies, and I I thought it
5: a little tawdry. <laughs> just a, I mean, just the first word that came to my mind. Well, a little
4: odd. I, I mean, someone deeply so she can like go oh in this episode yada yada this was happened did little I'm like what the heck is going because I never had any real connection to Star Trek. Yeah, did you? Well, the original TV show.
5: So the original TV show was on. Before I was around, it's in the I think. '60s, yeah, it was on before I was around. But I remember when the repeats were on, and my dad really was hoping I would get into them. He was
4: a trekkie. Yes. Oh. Well, I don't
5: know if he was a trekkie. He wasn't. I mean, he he worked all the time, so he wasn't really a trekkie. But he really appreciated science fiction stuff, right. and I did too, as a kid. So I certainly watched it, but I was too little. To get it, really.
4: What about the reboot, right? There have been...
5: So I like the movies. And the movies. I like the movies. I like the
4: movies, too. Yeah.
5: Um, I think they're good. They're well done. And so I know who the characters are, but I'm not really invested.
4: Okay, so last night after 60 Minutes, you know, we had the TV set on because, you know, we were suffering through the Steelers' abysmal humiliating defeat, which looks like it's going to be never-ending. Anyway, uh, CBS was running... Like, I think the first or one of the Star Trek movies. I shouldn't say the first. Oh, right. There's been multiple. Okay. And it was cool because it was like, you know, start how Star Trek, how the Enterprise began. Oh,
6: you know? OK. And it was
4: very well done. Yeah. So, you know, we watched a little bit of it. Anyway, all that to say, Trekkies or not, everybody knows William Shatner. Is that true?
5: I do know that that is. OK, mm-hmm. good. So William, How do you know him? I, I don't know. OK. Well, I did, what was that? Did he? What was that uh, TV show he did? Bo- Star Trek. Other, no I know. No, 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 the more recent one. It was a was it Boston Legal?
4: Oh, he did yeah, with James Spader. Was it, Spader. E, was it yeah. Boston Legal? Yeah. Okay. I know and a that lot. Was a long time a ago. lot
5: of people it is, but a lot of people know him from that I too. See. Apparently that I never watched that show, but he was very very good in that show as I understand
4: it. Yeah, it's interesting that Christie knows him, right? You know, Christie being in her 20s mm-hmm. because I mean Star Trek goes back f- almost 50 years. Right. Right. So the cultural relevance of that actor, William Shatner, goes on for a long time. Probably billions of people know who William Shatner is around the globe. Mm -hmm. Anyway, good news today. uh, William Shatner, 90 years old, next week will venture into outer space. For real. For real with Jeff Bezos' Blue Horizon. I think that's super cool. Now, there is no word. So here's the deal. Uh, Blue Horizon does not; it goes up to the edge of space, right? It has not orbited.
5: So, like the the lowest,
4: it's like ninety six miles up, right? So, That's it's, high so it's up.
5: just at the like the top of the atmosphere, right? Exactly,
4: and it has not, um, you know, gone around the Earth, not rotating around. It just goes up and then comes back down again. However, uh, they did not address today how far. Uh, Shatner would venture in or for how long the mission would last
5: and did he pay for this
4: I would imagine no
5: so they invited him because because
4: we're talking about it all right it's yeah it's great
7: so Jeff going
4: no um, Audrey Powers who is the company's vice president of missions and flight operations will go along with crewmates uh, Chris Bochezen and Glenn DeVries at 90 years old uh, Jeff Bezos will be the oldest person to fly into outer space. Now, I think that in the first uh, f- uh, Blue Origin flight, remember? Um, the woman. Yeah, and she was like 80. Yeah, she was. Uh, was she 80? She, I think or she might older. have been 84. Okay. And yeah. before that, a long time ago, John Glenn, the first person to go uh, you know, in orbit around the Earth, he flew on the space shuttle. Right. So that's super cool, right?
5: Yeah, I still wouldn't do it.
4: You wouldn't do it. I can't believe you wouldn't do that. I mean, I you like it. adventure. Yeah, I know. Why would you not do that? It's once because in a lifetime. It
5: just seems talk you're to gonna you're gonna not to me. To me. No, you're gonna make fun of me when I say it. You're not gonna like it.
4: Frivolous. Frivolous.
5: I said he wasn't gonna like it. What do you mean
4: frivolous? Not like just it's saying. a publicity stunt no, or it
5: just seems like You're on the cutting it's... edge,
4: the cusp of, you know, exploration. Mm-hmm. Why not go along for the ride?
5: I know. It just seems frivolous. like frivolous. like this is not something we need. We need life. it. Okay.
4: We do need it. Oh, what? You don't have an explorer bone in your body? No. We need it because it's there and the opportunity presents itself and others I will follow along in those your, same footsteps.
5: I know you're frontier man. I get that. Not, you're like I'm you're just... like paw angles. <laughs>
4: That's what it's like. We must go west. We must I'm go, just everyone.
5: Saying pa that Eagle. I just it's a tremendous <laughs> amount of money that we're spending. Oh, we're just like yeah. throwing out the window. Just
4: the money's there to be spent. Right. right. So what? So your argument is we should feed people who, I've I no, get I'm that. Not, I'm not
5: I I wasn't even saying we should feed people. I mean though that's a that, waste the, of money. Though that is a, I agree a hundred percent, of course. It just seems like I don't know. It's it, it's 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 a narcissistic thing, like so.
4: I don't believe it is. William
5: Shatner gets to go into outer space because he was Captain Kirk. Well, so so does it's you know? Does somewhere. Elijah Wood get to go into Middle Earth because he was Frodo? Like what? What are we doing? See no. we're that, like make it. We're, we're all balls. about making Hollywood stars' dreams come true. No, like, it's not, who cares?
4: Oh, that's so cynical. I'm sorry. So I'm surprised by that. It's so small. You. Who like to think wide and large about many important and wonderful things in this world. It's God's creation. You get a front row seat to see that. You're right.
5: And I really appreciate the photography from outer space. And I appreciate all of the skill it would take to be an astronaut and do all that.
4: the I, skill they're going to strap William Shatner's ninety-year-old butt into that rocket and light it up, and he's going to fly up and then go flying down. No, There's no skill involved no, no. there.
5: Okay, well I'm William talking, Shatner, boom. I'm talking like about the other Roman people candle. in the space program who actually, you know, studied the, for the years science, and the, the, the scientists. That's work, what I'm talking uh, about. I mean, I, I do really admire that. It just seems seems a little.
4: All right. Well, if you ever get asked, mm-hmm. please promise me you'll say not me, but I got a friend who I would will. like to go. All I right. I
5: will. I'm sure that people are lining up to invite me to be on a Well, you never show. know.
4: Christy, would you go? Would you go?
5: 100 percent would go.
4: Yes. Bingo. Boom.
5: Knock
6: it out.
4: Why? Why would you go?
6: To see it. Yeah. Hey, Why not? Exactly.
4: Mm-hmm. Just to have the bumper sticker. I was That's in outer right. space. <laughs> yeah.
5: Great. You guys can take your trip together, and I'll stay here and report. On the development.
4: Okay, all right, good. Now we could do the ride home from outer space, which would be very okay. cool indeed.
5: Great, we can do this or that as you descent. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this or that <laughs> as we're flying through the. That's a little warm in here. Uh, next, the cluster of Jewish holidays that just passed. We'll talk about that with Jen Rosner.
8: 101.5 WORD. This week on Truth for Life, we'll find out how to serve the world
13: with compassion without compromise. We'll discover the secret to exuberant,
2: God-pleasing worship, and we'll take a closer look at pastoral ministry. Be sure to join us for Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD.
10: One listener that stands out that I worked with was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders. You know, their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores. And just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do, whether it's two, three, six months from now.
7: Our United, United
1: Faith Mortgage. Faith mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp, 25 Maple Park Grove, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLS Consumer Access or corporate NMLS number, thirteen thirty. Equal Housing Lender. we license licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
17: Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Arya nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Word FM and Bible League have teamed up to send God's Word to 5,000 Bibleist believers around the globe. Our campaign is called the The World Needs the Word. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-WORD or give at wordfm.com.
6: With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for prime time that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcasts, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770.
8: Kath,
4: what do you know about Jewish holidays?
5: Very weak in this area.
4: Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Very weak. Jen Rosner is with us, and we're happy that she is. Jen is the affiliate assistant professor of systematic theology at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California, to speak to us specifically about that. Hey, Jen, how you doing?
12: Good. How are you guys? Nice to be here. Yeah, Thanks. nice
5: to have you here, Jen. Now, people listening, they're like, well, we're a bunch of Christians. Why does it matter what, ha- what you know, we learn about Jewish holidays? Um, so talk to us. Why Why is that an important thing for the average Christian to understand?
12: Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things about Jewish holidays is that they are all biblical, and so the more that we can learn about them, the better that we can understand our Bibles, uh, and the better that we can understand God's covenant and relationship with the people of Israel, which deeply informs the ministry and work of Jesus.
5: Very good answers. Very good answers, Jen. Okay, so let's talk about, um, first of all, your background for people that aren't familiar with you and haven't heard you before in the program.
12: Yeah. So I am actually a Messianic Jew. I was raised in a Jewish household um, where we celebrated some of the Jewish holidays. It wasn't an extremely observant Jewish household, but I had a strong sense of Jewish identity. And I did not hear the gospel until I was in college at a large public state school in California. Uh, And in my last year of college, I became a follower of Jesus and had no idea what to do with my Jewish identity. And I had no models for how to um, you know, put the two of those together. And so I have spent my personal and professional life as a author and professor kind of asking those questions ever since.
4: Well, oh, that's fabulous. Okay. So Jen, even as a cultural Jew, you had to go home and tell your mother and dad.
12: I did. I did. Yeah. And, and, and my story is very atypical in that way in that uh, for most uh, students in my, or most uh, you know, daughters in my, position that could have led to a lifelong rift, and it didn't in my case. So my, both of my parents were um, a bit appalled at the beginning, but began kind of their own journeys uh, at first, maybe to prove me wrong, and uh, also my brother, who had become a follower of Jesus around the same time as me, which is wild. Um, and both of my parents actually ended up also becoming followers of Jesus. So that is not the typical story in Jewish families, but it was in my family.
4: Wow, that's a great story. Fabulous. Okay, so then give us the primer one-on-one. Rosh Hashanah was not that long ago. What is Rosh Mm -hmm. Rosh Hashanah all all about?
12: Yeah, so we just sort of came through this whole cluster of fall holidays in Judaism. It's a very busy time for Jews. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of this cluster of fall holidays. It's the Jewish New Year, um, and it's a time of... Uh, kind of introspection and reflection on how we're living our lives. One of the things that the uh, that Jewish tradition uh, ascribes on Rosh Hashanah is that we are to hear the blowing of the shofar, like the traditional ram's horn. And the idea is that it will sort of arrest us and alert us to how we're living our lives and whether it lines up with how we want to be living and how God has called us to live. And so Rosh Hashanah kicks off a 10-day period called the Days of Awe, uh, which is sort of this time of elevated reflection in Judaism uh, that is between Rosh Hashanah and the next Jewish holiday, which is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement.
4: So the Days of Awe, I mean, I, I love that, right? Everybody wants to experience Awe. So even as you as a cultural Jew, did your family engage in Rosh Hashanah, and did you somehow, you know, look at the world as Awe?
12: You know, what's interesting for me is that my life now as an adult is much more kind of dialed into the Jewish calendar and Mm -hmm. rhythms of Jewish life than I was as a child. So much of this has been me adopting these practices as an adult who, interestingly, has been compelled to press more deeply into Judaism as a result of having come come to faith in Jesus— and 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 wrestling with those two parts of my identity, so I didn't practice these holidays growing up, and 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 now as an adult and figuring out how to shape uh, along with my husband, who's also a Messianic Jew, like our family culture with our kids on how we want to celebrate these very significant Jewish holidays.
5: Talk about Yom Kippur. This is something that I, I would think uh, Christians would have an easier time understanding. The um, mm-hmm. the. the chronological importance of, the just the, the story of the Redeemer coming, the just the, mm-hmm. the basic understanding of how God created the world, and then what humans did to it?
12: Yeah, I mean, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is a very somber day in Judaism. It's a day where Jews around the world fast and sort of confess their sins before God, uh, repent before God, ask forgiveness before God, and sort of miraculously receive those things from God, uh, every year, and this reminder that though we falter, God forgives. So you see this really core theme within Judaism that is also, of course, like an ever-present theme in Christianity and Christian theology. And so, uh, you know, the 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 Yom Kippur uh, sacrifices, you get this whole idea of a scapegoat Uh, there's very rich themes that then play out in the life and and especially the death of, of Messiah. And so again, this is one of the kind of really rich places where understanding Jewish tradition and Jewish liturgy and Jewish practices uh, can can it, can enrich and deepen our understanding of Jesus and the New Testament. Yeah, I
5: feel like, Jen, uh, one of the reasons we were so excited to have you join us regularly on the program is that that's just such a, a vacancy in um, typical Christian understanding is, you mm-hmm. know, um, the focus on the New Testament and just a kind of an ignorance or maybe an apathy towards the story of the mm-hmm. Old Testament. And to me, the, the story of Jesus just doesn't achieve its rich richness without knowing Mm -hmm. what what Mm -hmm. what came before and what's to come Um, Mm -hmm. like trying to convince I think the average person just the beauty of the longer story the huge arc of God's you know redemptive Mm -hmm. purpose is so inspiring I mean it's just one of one of my favorite things to do in talking to people so from your perspective Mm -hmm. you must understand that even so much more deeply than I do
12: I mean, again, this is a central aspect of my work, and and it's amazing. I mean, I feel like every day I'm learning new things and seeing new insights with regard to these things, and I completely agree with you. It ends up being a bit of an anemic understanding of Christian faith in the New Testament when it's not grounded in this very rich, ongoing story of God's covenant with the people of Israel. And it's remarkable to me. Uh, how often that gets missed in in Christian sermons and 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 things like that, uh, as if we could understand the categories of the New Testament without that background. So, any places where there's a, a linking between those two narratives and those uh, themes, I think, is 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 really an important conversation to be had in Christian circles.
4: Yeah. So, Jen, what if someone wanted to go to a synagogue and experience that? Is there a welcomeness there or is it, you know, sort of like uh, you're sort of uh, you shouldn't be here. You're a person out of time.
12: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's probably a, a, a quite a wide variety uh, with regard to that question. Um, and it may line up a bit with what kind of Jewish community. So, a lot of Orthodox Jewish communities tend to be a bit more closed to outsiders. Uh, but there's more contemporary Jewish communities, reform communities, perhaps especially your conservative Jewish communities. Uh, those are all branches of Judaism that are very welcoming towards uh, towards visitors and very invested in non-Jews sort of understanding the Jewish people. I think it's also, you know, there's a different conversation, but it's also uh, a really significant antidote to anti-Semitism, the more that we can sort of understand and yeah. connect and, and gather together. So yeah, I mean, there's certainly Jewish spaces, uh, and Messianic Jewish spaces would be also an ideal place for Christians to learn about uh, these kinds of rhythms in the Jewish year and and, and and themes in Jewish thought and theology. So yes, there are certainly places. But, but I would say to Christians, don't be off-put if your first attempt is met with maybe a not such a welcome response keep keep looking because there are places that would love to host visitors and and teach Christians or anybody about about these aspects of Jewish life That's interesting.
5: Jen Rosner is with us, affiliate assistant professor of systematic theology at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. Jen, before you leave us, um let's talk about fall harvest. Um what does this mean on the Jewish calendar? What what do you celebrate or remember? Yeah, I mean there
12: yeah, I mean there's there's a Whenever you're talking about anything in Judaism, there's a lot of layers going on. And so the fall holidays do commemorate the fall harvest. In a, in a non-agrarian society, those themes are a bit harder to connect to. Um, you know, the holiday that we haven't talked about so far is the, is the kind of final uh, holiday in the Jewish fall holiday lineup, which is the holiday of Sukkot. Um, and uh, there's a lot of layers of Sukkot, but the one that uh, struck me most powerfully this year uh, is this notion that we are to dwell in temporary structures uh, as a reminder that the Israelites lived in temporary shelters when God brought them out of Egypt. It's explicitly stated in Leviticus 23, 42 through 43. Uh, and so in, in the world in which we live, where there is so much uncertainty, Uh, this idea of stepping Mm -hmm. away from kind of man-made structures and, and flimsy guarantees or pseudo guarantees of certainty. Uh, This was just really rich for our family this year, Uh, especially we live in California and we actually had to evacuate because of the Caldor fire. So we like the whole idea of like temporary dwellings, like we were in someone else's house leading up to Sukkot. And it just, again, in our, in a world where we're all sort of reminded of the uncertainty of, of, of what's going to happen tomorrow, Sukkot had such a rich meaning for our family this year, um, and 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 Sukkot is really focused on the theme of joy. And so this challenge of how do we press into joy, apart from our you know homes and our material possessions, uh, it, it's a, again there's so many themes that could be talked about with these holidays, but but that one really kind of struck close to home for us this year when we weren't sure if we were going to have a home because of this raging caldor fire that that went right through our town and the entire town was on mandatory evacuation it's like what better way to hammer home uncertainty (laughs) which is the theme of sukkot a theme of sukkot
4: oh that's fascinating so jen um A couple weeks ago, uh, Michelle Van Loon joined us, and um, she has a a sort of similar story in some ways that she's a messianic uh, Christian as well. And and somehow it came up, you know, uh, and you brought this up about anti-Semitism. Now, here we are in Pittsburgh where the Tree of Life Synagogue was attacked just a few short years ago. And this has been, I think, on on a lot of people, believers' and non-believers' minds. I mean, I drive past the Tree of Life Synagogue almost on a daily basis. And I wonder about that, you know. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. Michelle said, you know, well, it wouldn't matter to Hitler uh, that I was a, a Messianic Jew because mm-hmm. I was a Jew. And so I would be swept up in the Holocaust of hatred of anti-Semitism. I mean, mm-hmm. you must carry that as well. So the idea of mm-hmm. straddling all these different things, of, you know, of being a Jew, but also being a Christian and, and mm-hmm. you know, being fodder for this in this really weird age we're living in. There is a rise of anti-Semitism around the
7: world, isn't there? Mm-hmm.
12: There is. There is in a very, very disturbing way and in a in a kind of a always shifting way. So it's not just coming from the political right or the political left or radical Islam. There's all these different fronts of anti Semitism and it's very subtle in ways. But I think the more that uh, Christians can be vigilant about noticing it and yes. calling it out, yes. uh, the more you know, we're, we're heading in the right direction. But absolutely, I mean, I teach, I teach graduate-level courses on anti-Semitism and, uh, and how to engage and fight against anti-Semitism, because it's a very disturbing uh, part of our lives and, and society and, and, and global, the global reality in which we live, which, which again is deeply troubling on a number of levels
4: is it ever but we'd like to go into that further with you Jen always a pleasure yeah we look
12: forward to getting to know you better Jen you do
4: you peel back some really interesting uh, aspects of what it is to be a believer so thank you so much for this
12: yeah
5: thank you that's Jen Rosner she's from Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena California when we come back does this make
4: sense does this make sense it's our daily feature we delve into uh, what is
5: what is making sense in this world not much I'll tell you right now
17: Say, what would you do if you were a new Christian and you didn't have a Bible? It's Michael Woolworth, by the way, from Bible League International, and you'd probably say, well, I'd hop in my car, I'd go to a Christian bookstore, or would have one shipped to me. What if those weren't options? You'd say, well, I'm new to the faith. I mean, I, I need to know what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. You know, you would pray that someone, anyone, would bring you a Bible? And that's exactly the way it is for literally millions of Christians around the world. They're part of our spiritual family. They're new to the faith. They want to know what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. But God has them planted where it's very difficult to access a Bible. And that's why Word FM and Bible League have teamed up to send God's Word to 5,000 Bibleist believers around the world. Our campaign is called The World Needs the Word. And you can send a Bible for $5 each, $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD. 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D. 800-YES-WORD or GIF at wordfm.com. At Grove City College, dare I say things
5: are back to normal? I mean, that's probably not accurate because nothing is back to normal. But just over the weekend, I was talking to some students who were on campus at Grove City and they were saying, wow, like this fall has been fun for them because there were all of these activities that have happening that they weren't able to do last year because of COVID, right? And like this weekend was the first football game, so the whole student body was there for a whiteout. There are all sorts of activity fairs and stuff going on with different arts groups and fraternities, sorority, whatever it is, people are living like the fun things about college. Now, the terrific thing about Grove City is last year when COVID was at its peak. There were still classes going on and there were still in-person classes going on. So the relationships that students were able to have with professors, I mean, it was different because of masking and all of that, but it still happened. And that's really wonderful thing. Um, but a lot of the social things didn't happen. And that is kind of coming around again this year, in spite of the continuing threat from COVID. And I really think that's because of the commitment of the leaders and the administration at the campus wanting to do the very best they can for the kids that are there. If you've got a kid, you're interested in a university setting that is of high integrity, look at Grove City College,
8: GCC.edu. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 W O R D FM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, Tune-In, and Odyssey. Are you struggling in your marriage? Giving each other the silent treatment? Do you feel hurt? You can save your marriage. Hope Restored, a marriage-intensive experience by focus on the family. Provides in-depth quality counseling care that will make a difference in your life and your marriage. Call 1-866-875-2915 or go to HopeRestored.com. That's HopeRestored.com.
13: We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. It will be mild. Expect a low tonight of 60. Mostly cloudy for tomorrow. It will be warm with a passing shower. Tomorrow will reach a high of 76. Variable clouds for Wednesday with a shower. It'll be warm with fog in the morning. Wednesday will reach a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
5: Does this make sense?
4: Does what make sense?
5: NFL instant replay.
4: Well, not really. It slows things down. Half the time you don't agree with the call. It just muddies things for me, quite honestly. I would prefer that we would just go back to the eyeball. I really would. Because it just, it makes the game more complex. I just would like things to be simpler. It doesn't make sense to me.
5: It also does not make sense to me. Hey, what? But for a different reason. Uh Uh-oh. I would not like to go back to the eyeball. Okay. I would like for all plays to be reviewable. Do you know how irritating it is? And I hope you know because I hope you feel the same way. When you see something that is blatantly called incorrectly, like yesterday's game, I'm not saying that it's the reason the Steelers lost. The
4: offsides blocked. I'm,
5: no, I, I'm not saying. It. I'm just saying that that shot. Why, why it's right down the line. Why can't? Why is that non-reviewable? What? Know. Either we're reviewing calls. Or we're not reviewing calls. I can't stand this. We have reviewable calls and non-reviewable calls. I mean, good. What, what are we talking about? You know what? Everybody should have a certain number of call. You know, each coach should have four flags they can pull in a half. Everything's reviewable. Everything. That's how I look at it. I'm just sick of it the way it is. All right doesn't make sense john
4: just more screens this is more screen- 96 times not, a day we're not
5: doing away with our screens so why don't we actually get the calls right
4: did you see the guy throw the screen down yesterday on the sidelines no the little blue you know microsoft screen
5: might have been when i was he was upset when my head was buried in my pillow despair
4: all right does this make sense mm. the, mustache. the mustache does a mustache in this day and age make sense now it's a it's a rare man in this frame that we live in, mm-hmm. the confident man—I would say—who wears a mustache and wears it well. Now everyone's wearing a beard. Holy smokes, I've got one.
8: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, the mustache—I always appreciate a guy who wears a mustache. I say yes to the mustache. It makes. Sense. Remember the last time I wore a mustache? Didn't go well.
5: I have a photograph of it.
4: Did not go well. Uh-huh. I thought I'd surprise you.
5: I, yeah, that was a surprise, all right. And
4: for management, it was a surprise as well. Because I was wearing a pink oh, shirt.
5: It was a shame that we weren't streaming that day. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh huh. I want to wear a mustache because uh-huh. it makes sense to me. But okay, so
5: so you're saying it does. You think the mustache makes sense?
4: I say yes. Kudos to the mustache.
5: Are you asking me what I think? Are you gonna does get it around make sense? to that. Yeah. Does it make sense to you? Absolutely not. What if your the husband, Eric, showed up? Mustache is the absolute worst. The only person that can pull that off is Tom Selleck. He's the no. only one. Only. Do you hear me saying that? Only. It doesn't make sense.
8: Not even a little bit. Huh, wrong. 101.5 WORD
14: The reason there are so many Christians who are hovering around the periphery of the Christian life is because they refuse to be filled by the Holy
8: Spirit Dr. Michael Youssef
14: You say, why well, would anybody would not want to be filled of the Holy Spirit? Ah, because you cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit without surrendering the control
8: of your life to the Holy Spirit of God and not many people want to do that Learn more this week on Leading the Way
2: Tomorrow morning at 6 30 on 101.5 WORD.
7: Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course we have great eats inside too with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hall roast with all the fixings plan to spend a memory making day on the farm at the springhouse in 84 pa 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com
10: remember the kids game telephone the teacher would whisper in the first kid's ear i have a purple giraffe named lucy and then each kid would whisper that to the next kid to see if the message could make it to the end at the end little johnny would of course yell out my paper airplane is storming your barbie castle It's Ryan. And the point I'm trying to make is sometimes middlemen can create problems. At United Faith Mortgage, an important thing about us is that we have a direct lender advantage. We are an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. For you, this often allows us to get your loan done faster. And because we lend with our company's money, we can often get you a better rate Which can save you monthly and lifelong money.
7: We are United United Faith
6: Mortgage. Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out of pocket
1: money. United Mortgage Corp. Melville, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672.
10: Hi, we're Katie and Ryland Weber, the founders of Convive Coffee.
16: For more than five years, the heart of Convive has been to serve our community by sharing life and great coffee together.
10: Sourcing beans from around the world, Convive Coffee samples and roasts right here in Pittsburgh.
16: Come visit your local Convive Cafe at Adams Shops in Mars, McCandless Crossing, and Butler Street in Lawrenceville. We hope to see you soon at Convive Coffee.
4: Many years ago, my wife had a miscarriage. And we carried that pain with us, of course, for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. I often think about that baby. Oh, well, our baby would be, you know. And what's interesting about it is, you know, it was decades ago. In reading about that, we are certainly not alone. I mean, we are one of how many millions of people? It's a very common thing. Yeah. And I did not know this. I also did not know that October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And that's why we are so happy right now to welcome to the airwaves Micheline Fredenberg, who is the founder and the CEO of Life Perspectives, Micheline, uh, we welcome you to the show. How are you today?
15: I'm doing well. I'm really doing really well, John. I'm really sorry to hear that, though. Um, I'm really sorry well, for your you. loss.
4: Yeah, well, um, like a lot of people, right? I mean, it was a, it's a very intimate, very shocking story that. Mm -hmm. we sort of hid away for a while, and we weren't sure how... You didn't want to talk about it? No, we were not sure how to approach that to family and friends, because we made the announcement, we're having a baby, and then all of a sudden, you know, in in a heartbeat, the baby was gone, and you're sort of in a middle ground in a way, right? Um, uh, So... (sighs) to think that you know there is October Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month and that if, Micheline, that you're involved in something that has a greater vision to talk about this on in the open to help people through their loss and their grief that's a very good thing so thank you
15: well you're welcome and John you mentioned um, you know it's more common than we think and it really is I think most people are shocked to learn that about one out of four pregnancies are lost through miscarriage which means there'll be about a million miscarriages this year And as you pointed out, it impacts both of the members of the family, right? The men, the women, the family and friends. And yet we often feel so isolated and alone, like we're the only ones.
5: Hmm. Now, when you're talking about feeling isolated and alone, I wonder if that's the reason why, you know, John and his wife's experience was what it was, which is I don't know how to talk about it. You know, I don't want to tell anybody. I don't know what to say i'm not sure and maybe the feeling is i shouldn't be sad like because it wasn't a real it wasn't quote unquote a real baby
4: well you know we were right. we were really sad we were and we had made the announcement feel,
5: did you feel mm-hmm. bad did you feel like maybe you shouldn't have been sad no okay. I, no
4: i felt you know i'm, an, I'm a a <laughs> i'm a feeler right i mean <laughs> i'm an emotional person so we carried that with us but for, why like, didn't
5: you want to tell anybody is my question
4: I can't I can't answer that. I think just because, you know, we were so excited, a baby's coming, and then, oh, a baby's not coming. Um, we were sort of, it was like a, a, a weird Netherland, somewhere we were stuck in between, and we didn't know how to retract or talk about the death yeah. of a baby that had not yet arrived. Yeah. I think that's the only thing I can right. say. Yeah.
15: Right, and I think with our culture, I think for most of us, Um, who know of someone who's had a miscarriage, we often feel the same way. We don't know what to say or what to do. And sometimes I think we're afraid to make it worse somehow. Um, And that silence, I think, just becomes pervasive. Um, And it just continues on. Um, Rather than doing what we would typically do if we'd heard of a loss, which is to say I'm so sorry for your loss, perhaps to send you a card or bring you a meal or ask how I can support you, Um, we don't think often to do those types of things when it comes to an early pregnancy loss.
5: I remember being a little kid and um, hearing an an older person who was in my family and, and like a second or third cousin who had lost a baby. And she was saying that she felt guilty about feeling sad because she used mm-hmm. the words I used earlier, which was, "Well, I, I shouldn't feel sad because a quote unquote wasn't a real baby."
9: Mm-hmm.
5: so I, I wonder if people still think that today there's so much more awareness now to this sort of pain, but Micheline, you know, if there are people listening who feel that way, what would you say to them?:
15: Right. Well, I mean certainly how right our experience is going to be unique. And so if you're feeling sad, we want to we want to acknowledge that and join you in that morning. But we also don't want to put any shoulds on it. We know that everybody's experience is unique. Like the timeline is really unique for how we move through and process those emotions. And so be able to support each other in that. But I think again, Kathy, because there's such cultural silence about it, what what you overheard is still really fairly common. And that's if, if I'm feeling this profound sadness, but if the culture doesn't acknowledge that, and if we don't have traditions within our family or within our faith that acknowledge it, you do feel like maybe there's something wrong with you mm. in your emotions, but but there, there is not. Um, we've lost someone. You no, know, we didn't get to m- meet them. But we feel that connection deeply. But like I said, for every person, that's going to be really different. Right.
4: I had a friend who years ago uh, lost a baby, a stillborn baby. And I, I can't imagine, you know, she carried the baby almost to term. And then just a few okay. weeks before the expected date, the, you know, she went to see her doctor and the baby had passed away. And so she carried that baby to full term oh. and had to expel that poor baby. Uh, that unto itself would just be so incredibly brutal and a heartbreak. So I could see, Micheline, you know, where your organization to raise the awareness about this life perspectives certainly has its place in the culture, because Of course, you know, as believers and many people who are believers are are very pro-life, right, from first heartbeat until final breath. um, It's a necessary thing, but it is something that is overlooked, I believe, in the greater culture. (laughs) Yes, definitely, but especially in the Christian worldview.
15: Yes, I mean, we've certainly, we have found that, and I know that it's unintentional. Um, I think, again, there's quite as many pressing needs, that's kind of part of it. So sometimes when people are silent, we tend to think it isn't a need. But also, I just think that together, we need to learn new traditions and new ways to talk about this. Um, One of the things that we have found anecdotally, but in research as well, that will kind of keep people stuck in the grief process is there's this sense of like my child will be forgotten so if I don't hang on intensely to my pain or my grief or my guilt um, that's my connection people will forget but that's where we can really do something different and say that you're not alone we don't forget. Um, we, are, we are here with you to support you and to remember your children with you.
5: So, Micheline, then talk about October being Pregnancy and Infant Loss it's- Awareness Month. What does that mean, and how can that help someone who's suffering?
15: Right. Absolutely. Well, really, I mean, the the month is exactly what it sounds like. It's really trying to create awareness for not only the number of people who are impacted, um, but to provide a time where we can have conversation and we can really start to practice um, doing some different things to support each other. And that's why at Life Perspectives, um, we've prepared some special things. So if you go to our website, lifeperspectives.com, there's some toolkits. So I might say, I don't know what to say. And so we have like the top 10 terrific things, um, even top 10 terrible things. or things we repeat sometimes that are popular in our culture, but they end up dismissing the type of grief and pain people go through. But this way, it gives you some guidance on how to do that for faith leaders, there's some very specific things that are so helpful in memorializing that the church can do in a way that really nobody else can. So we have toolkits for the faith leaders as well.
4: That's good. I mean, you know, you see how the church oftentimes is very energized around the abortion issue, and and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for that. But you know, miscarriages and stillborns, or you know, even infant deaths. It's something that's so heartbreaking and does fall into some weird sort of netherland that people emotionally, psychologically just can't make sense of.
5: Just don't know how to manage it.
15: Right. Absolutely. And you you had mentioned when it comes to certainly we would never compare the types of different types of losses that people are going through. But you could imagine how sometimes unintentionally they can create additional isolation and pain for somebody who's had one or more miscarriages and there isn't attention to that within their you know their church or their faith community and yet they see a lot of attention to a loss after abortion and so I think but we can we can change that we can change that by talking about it we can change it um, by by having maybe an annual memorial service where people can come who've lost their children before birth- and we can come together to acknowledge those children and to support each other um, and let them know that there are even anonymous um, healing tools like our website, miscarriagehurts.com, where they can go and read other people's stories or share their own anonymously or begin to work through some grieving activities.
7: That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Magdalene,
5: thanks for being with us today. Such an important thing. And um, thanks for kind of giving voice to what I know a lot of people feel inside.
15: Well, well, you're welcome. And I imagine today that by doing this, you've brought a lot of comfort and hope to many of your listeners.
4: Very nice. It's lifeperspectives.com, dot
5: Lifeperspectives.com. All right. Thanks so much. That's Michaline Friedenberg.
4: Mm -hmm. Step away. Uh, We've got a smidge left. We sure do. Stay with us.
5: Were you a bad kid in a restaurant when you were little?
4: Uh, It all depended what was presented.
9: Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000.
5: We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses. But all at once, I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496.
1: Don't let bees buzz off your customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100 percent satisfaction guarantee when it comes to protecting your business and your guests who are you going to call booze bug stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com
8: looking for a holiday job or seasonal work it's time to get to know express employment professionals visit expresspros.com to find your local office and let them help you find a job No fees for job seekers. ExpressPros.com. 101.5 W O R D F M Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
5: When I was a little kid, going out to eat was like an important thing. It was an important thing to my parents. I learned later that before I came around, before I was in the world. My parents really loved to go out. Yeah, they loved to go out and hear music, um, and they loved to go out to eat. So I had to figure out how to do it at a very young age. Um, well, there are certain expectations. Exactly. Yeah, like it was a big deal. Yeah. and I don't ever remember learning it. Like I don't remember the process that i went through but i certainly remember every time going into a restaurant feeling like
4: this is special
5: i have yes and i have a responsibility right
4: okay well i said there are nine of us so do you think i ever went to a restaurant there were nine of us i think i was 22 when i first went into my first, <laughs> first restaurant right no i agree i mean seriously so now the culture is you're out eating you know if you can't often Right? Yeah, people go
5: out a lot more a now. A lot more. It's, it's pretty common. Yeah. But
4: there was a time when it was a very, very special event to go to a restaurant.
5: Yep. And you had certain things that you had to keep in mind while right. you were there. Right.
4: Now, I remember when uh, when we our kids were little, we went to, to Sorrows, and we sat down, the four of us, and our kids were little, like maybe two and four. When the meal was over, a, a woman came over and said, I don't know what you're doing with these boys. But boy, they sure are well behaved in a restaurant. And we looked at each other oh like we don't really know. I mean, they were just that those were they, they were just good guys, mm-hmm. good boys. Mm-hmm. But you've all we've all been in restaurants where you go, get that kid out of here. I'm trying to enjoy my meal.
5: Well, listen to this. Yeah. The Today Show uh, has an article today about a family owned restaurant in California that has banned kids who visit the establishment. <laughs> banned. <laughs> We're not taking no any of you unless there's an adult with you, citing bad behavior from teens, oh. not from five-year-olds, from teens that has caused damage, upset staff, and driven away other customers. Really?
4: So it's a bunch of little punks. S-
5: right. So this is the Red Rooster Burgers and Grill in Garden Valley, California, which is directly across the street from a high school, oh. which can well, be part of the problem. It, of course it is. Does Okay, but it doesn't give them license to go in there and act no. like...
4: You wouldn't go to the Village Dairy in Swissville like that, I'll tell you that.
5: Anyway, they... <laughs> They announced this uh, new policy just this week. Uh, They outlined the overall disrespect for the restaurant Mm. shown by kids, including specific incidents like teens smoking e-cigarettes indoors, throwing fries at employees, Mm. stealing beverages, and destroying or damaging property. Listen to this. For the entire two years we've owned the restaurant, we have been hit with this type of behavior, said this woman who operates the restaurant with her daughter. She said, on numerous accounts, we took opportunities to speak with kids to let them know we didn't approve and that what they were doing was inappropriate. We'd have maybe a few days without instances, and then it would resume. Back to rude acts and behavior.
4: Really? Okay, having worked in a restaurant many times in my life, you know what my solution would be? I'd bring out the dishwashers. Because the dishwashers are a breed apart. They do not suffer fools gladly. One visit from the dishwasher, that would shut those little cogs down. That's
5: a really good idea. Yeah.
4: Bring out the dishwashers and talk to these guys.
5: Um, this woman added that it has been disheartening for her staff to deal with this behavior, especially because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. For crying out yeah, loud, which completely I walloped I the that. restaurant industry, right? Why she says, running a restaurant through COVID was hard enough, and we pride ourselves on our never give up mentality. This in turn has given the entire crew even more pride in our restaurant that we survived and we're doing well, which is why they don't want to like accept this type of behavior on right. a daily basis. Okay.
4: So they, they probably, I, I've seen this before, right? Um, no children without a, like a legal guardian, mm-hmm. that kind of thing.
5: hmm Which
4: is their prerogative, right? Yes.
5: No kidding. It's just, I I read the article and I thought, uh, you know, my parents would have ruined me. Ruined me. I remember when I was in ninth grade, it was a Friday night after a North Hills football game. And I was at the Wendy's, which does not exist anymore, in Westview Plaza. Getting a frosty. Probably. Probably. Something like that, and uh, me, uh, myself, and four of my, my friends got thrown out of Wendy's. Out, out of Wendy's,
4: you got thrown out of a restaurant. Mm-hmm. That's so unlike you.
5: L- because we were laughing too hard oh. about something. Now I, it bothers me that all these years later, I cannot remember what the point of comedy was. Because I bet it was good. Yeah. But anyway, we got thrown out, and I re- I remember when, once we exited the restaurant, saying, looking at my three friends, and saying, "Never tell my parents." Never tell my parents, because they would have been absolutely
4: Mm. appalled. Did you experience shame? Yes. You were ashamed of yourself. Yes.
5: I also realized that it really... it might have been a little bit of an overreaction. I mean, we were laughing hard, but we weren't destroying anything. We weren't you know, throwing Wendy's. food. It was.
4: I mean, there's a circus going on at Wendy's now. Don't you think that?
5: So? I haven't been in a Wendy's since the one closest to my house. This one I'm really? talking about.
4: Remember, when Wendy's first came out. I thought it was like the greatest burger in the history of civilization, and they had a little pump thing with a ketchup came out. I thought I can't believe they're doing
5: that. Listen, I remember going to Georgia, which is where Wendy's started. I always had one in West Virginia. And I remember they were like, our friends took us there and they said, this is like a a fancy fast food restaurant. Oh, really? Like, this is fancy. This is like the upgrade. But
4: don't laugh. No humor. I remember that
5: first. Isn't a frosty awesome?
4: Yes, it's very, very good. Love it. How about frosties with a dip of a fry? It's It's the greatest of all time. Living good.
3: The Ride Home with John and Kathy,
4: a production of
0: Salem Media Group.